Well, let's open our Bible to 2 Samuel <clears throat> chapter 18. We looked at last week the first part of this chapter. We saw how that Absalom had met his end. Such a sad story. A boy that was raised in David's household, filled with rebellion. The only thing that can change a person's heart is God's grace and his spirit, God conquering that person. That's the only thing. That's the only thing that will deliver him. Left to ourself, this is what we'll do. We'll rebel against God's authority. And nothing we looked at last week while Absalom was hanging there in the tree, we don't know how long he hung there. But there's nothing recorded in scriptures that he ever sought God, that he didn't seek repentance. And you can it's just almost horrifying to think what went through his mind. As he hangs there getting ready to go out and face a holy God. It's just sad, sad. But today we we come to the place where David finds out the news. David has stayed back in this place called Maenam. While Joab and his men have gone out, and David's standing by the gate, and David's, all his whole concern is for one thing. And we're going to see it as we read the scripture in a minute, is Absalom safe? His whole concern is for one thing. It's for his son. And what we have a picture here is God is only concerned with one thing. And that's about his son. That's it. That is it. God loves in his son. God has elected a people in his son. If God ever accepts you, he will accept you in his son. It's all about him. Second Samuel 18, beginning in verse 19. <clears throat> then said Ahimeaz, the son of Zadok, let me now run and bear the king tidings. Notice how many times did they use that word tidings. Let me bear the king tidings, how that the Lord had avenged him of his enemies. And Joab said unto him, Thou shalt not bear tidings this day, but thou shalt bear tidings another day. But this day thou shalt bear no tidings, because the king's son is dead. But look in verse 21. But then said Joab to Cushai, Go tell the king what thou hast seen. And Cushai bowed himself unto Joab, and he ran. He's going to run and tell the king the news. Then said Ahimeaz, the son of Zadok, yet again to Joab, But howsoever, let me, I pray thee, also run after Cushai. And Joab said, Wherefore shalt thou run, my son, seeing that thou hast no tidings ready? You don't have any tidings. But howsoever, said he, let me run. And he said unto him, Well, run then. Well, run. Then Ahimaaz has, he ran by the way of the plain, and outrun or overran Cushai. And David sat between the two gates, and the watchman went up to the roof over the gate. Now the watchmen were, you picture this, David sitting there in this city, 
with walls all the way around it, David sitting at the gate, the place of authority, the place of discernment, and there's a watchman up on the wall, and he's watching. He's watching for anything, and he's watching for somebody coming. Because, see, David, doesn't ha he doesn't know anything. He's not received any news. He could have looked, and the whole woods have been full of people just running for their lives. He didn't know. How's the battle going? And the watchman went up, on, up to the roof over the gate unto the wall and lifted up his eyes, and he looked. And behold, a man running alone. And the watchman cried and told the king, and the king said, If he be alone, there is tidings in his mouth. And he came apace and drew near. And the watchman saw another man running. And the watchman called unto the porter and said, Behold, another man running alone. And the king said, He also bringeth tidings. And the watchman said, Methinketh the running of the foremost, or the one in front, is like the running of Ahimehaz, the son of Zadok. And the king said, He's a good man. And he cometh with good tidings. And Ahimehaz called and said to the king, You watch this. All is well. And he fell down on to the earth upon his face before the king and said, Blessed be the Lord thy God which hath delivered up the men that lifted up their hand against my lord the king. And the king said, What about Absalom? Is the young man Absalom safe? And him has answered, When Joab sent the king's servant and me thy servant, I saw a great tumult, but I knew not what it was. And the king said unto him, You turn aside and stand here. And he turned aside and stood there. And while he's standing there, and behold, Cushai came. And Cushai said, Tidings, my lord the king. For the Lord hath avenged thee this day of all them that rose up against thee. And the king said unto Cushai, and he asked him the same question. Is the young man Absalom safe? Can you imagine David standing there? You picture if this was your boy. Wouldn't that have been the first thing you'd ask? What, what's happened to him? Nothing, nothing, else, nothing else matters. But this right here, is the young man Absalom safe? And Cushai answered, The enemies of my lord the king and all that rise against thee to do thee hurt be as that young man is. And the king was much moved. And went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he wept, thus he said, O oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would to God that I had died for thee. O oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Just breaks, breaks his heart. Breaks his heart. I'll mention this, and we will look at it maybe a little bit more next week. Do you remember the last time one of David's sons died? you remember when Bathsheba's son died? David prayed, and he begged God before that child died. But what did he do after that child died? He cleaned himself up, went to the house of God, and worshipped. It's different now. Why, David is mourning now over a son who left this world without knowing God.
Isn't that the picture? David said, what did he say about the first man? We can't prove it, but it's the only verse that we use as a proof text of anywhere in the scriptures where a child dies and goes on to be with the Lord because he said, he can't come to me, but I can go to him. But Absalom died in rebellion. You imagine losing somebody dear to you and knowing that they leave this world in rebellion. We'd have probably done the very same thing David did. We'd have probably just, without God's grace, we just lost it. Let's just be honest. A lot of times people are real critical of David. He's just a man. But all this was used in the providence of God to make David. And God uses everything in your life, everything, to make us. But here we, there's so many lessons. What I also see is David's never-failing love for his son. It says in Jeremiah 31.3, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore with loving kindness have I loved thee. You bunch of rebels. That's what I'm looking at this morning. And look, you're looking at one. We're all just a bunch of rebels. And he never stopped loving us. Never. Never. He never stopped loving his son. And Christ will never stop loving and he will never forget his people. He says in Isaiah 49, 15, can a, can a woman forget her sucking child that she's breastfeeding, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget. They may forget. Yet will I not forget thee. Behold, I have engraven thee on the palms of my hand. That's what he said. The primary interest David has here is for his son. That's his singular one concern. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians 11.3. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtility, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity or the singleness that is in Christ. It's all about him. That's what it's all about. You've heard me say and heard other preachers say that this book has one theme, and it's about Jesus Christ and him crucified. The king was going to make a, a marriage for his son, and all things were ordered and ordained to uh, praise him and exalt him. For if he that cometh preaching another Jesus whom you've not received, or if you receive another spirit which you've not received, or another gospel which you have not accepted, you might bear well with him. So it's all about the singleness of Christ. David said, what did he tell Joab and the other generals? He said, you deal gently with Absalom. It's all about him. He's only interested. Listen, and God's only interested in one thing, his darling son. And when we come to worship, it's, only, it's all about one thing. It's not about us. It's not about us feeling nothing. It's all about worshiping and honoring the Son. That's it. This is where the world misses it. They talk about everything under the Son, and they never mention Him. And I think this would help us every time we come to His Word. 
Start looking for him. You say, how does, it, how does this picture Christ? Well, I picture David loving Absalom. That's a picture of God the Father loving his son. And a picture of David loving Absalom, he never stopped loving him. That's a picture of his redemptive glory, and it's all about what he's done. David's not interested in how many died. He's only in, interested in Absalom. Someone has to go tell David the news. Who's it going to be? What I want you to remember, remember something now. You're going to tell David that his son's dead. Do we have any volunteers? You remember what happened when, when the man went and told David, he, well, he bragged and said that he'd killed Saul? Remember what happened to him? Remember what, how the other two men who killed Saul's son is Bosheth? Remember how they came? Remember what happened to him? David had them all killed. Now you want to go tell him. I wouldn't want to have done that. That's what we're going to look at today, these two men. Two messengers with a message that are going to tell David. What is a messenger? It is someone with a message. A messenger is a witness. And a witness is somebody that has witnessed something. It's not hearsay. It's not by Jeff telling me something and I believe it because Jeff told me. I'm not a witness to it. He's the witness to it. I'm just telling him what he told me. But if you saw something, you can witness to the fact because you saw it. You saw it. First of all, I want us to look at the, the first one is Ahimahaz. Now, you remember who Ahimahaz was? He was one of the sons of the priest. Remember when David sent the ark back to Jerusalem? When Absalom's in Jerusalem, he sent back one of the priests, Zadok, and this is his son Ahimahaz. Most believe that Ahimahaz, you remember when David said, now when you hear what's going on, when you hear the counsel of Ahimahaz, you come and tell me. These were one of the two men that were sent. You remember how they went and hid in the well? When they went looking for him? This is one of those men. His name means brother of anger or a brother of wrath. And Ahimahaz says, he comes to Joab. He says, let me run. I want to run. I want to run and tell the king. He said, you don't have any tidings. I still want to run. He doesn't have a message. He still wants to run. Joab told him, he said, you don't have any tidings ready. You don't have anything to say. What, what, are, you, what are you going to tell the king when you get there? And some believe... Also that the reason that Joab doesn't want to send him and won't let him go is because he knows what David may do to him. He thinks, well, this man's too valuable in my army. I can't afford to lose him. What I want you to see is this man wants to run, and he runs, but he's never been sent. This is the difference. 
Most everybody in religion can quote because they try to take people down the Romans road, Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, don't they? But what does it say in verse 14? How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how can they believe in him of whom they not heard? And how can they ever hear without hearing a preacher? And how can they be, and how can anybody preach? You know what he's doing? You know what preachers do? We have tidings. We have something to tell. He's a messenger. How can they preach except they be sent? You think about sending something or you've sent something, you've done it on purpose. You've sent them to a specific people on a specific purpose with one specific message. That describes preaching. Telling what we've seen and heard. And he also says, how beautiful as it is written. And that's written in Isaiah, I think 52 verse 7. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. And watch this. And bring glad tidings. Glad tidings. What did angels, what did the angels say? I bring you good tidings of great joy. He said, you don't have any tidings because he's not been sent. This is what our Lord said in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 14, 15. Jeremiah dealt a lot with this, these false messengers. That's, now, that's what Ahimah has. That's what I'm trying to make. I'm trying to make this one. Is Ahimah has is a picture of a false prophet. Wants to run and never been sent. Jeremiah 14, 15, if you want to write some of these down. Therefore, thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets that prophesy in my name. They prophesy in God's name. And I sent them not. Jeremiah 23, 21. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I didn't send them, though they still claim to run. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. Jeremiah 23.32 Behold I am against them that prophesy false dreams saith the Lord and do tell them and cause my people to err by their lies and by their lightness. It's not serious. I can tell you this. Going telling the king with that message that's pretty serious. It's serious to the king. Yet I sent them not, nor commanded them. Therefore, they shall not profit this people at all, saith the Lord, because I didn't send them. And I said also in Jeremiah 29, 9, For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. And he keeps telling them. I have not sent them, saying the Lord, saith the Lord. What, are you, what am I saying this morning? What do I want you to understand? Everybody who stands in a pulpit and says they are a preacher has never been sent. You see what I'm saying? Because if God sends them, he sends them with a message. And they have one message. And the way you can check if that message is God's gospel, it gives God all the glory. And if it doesn't, God never sent them. I don't care what they say. I don't care how much they want to run. Oh, they're running okay. What do you, what do you think about when you think about running? I think about somebody putting forth a whole lot of effort. 
I think about somebody with a whole lot of zeal. And if you'll notice, he outrun Cushai. And he started second, but he ended first. He's going to make sure he ends first because he wants to make him look bad because it's all about an appearance, isn't it? It's all about an appearance. Even when this man is running, I thought this was ironic the watchman looking out on the wall, he recognized him. How did he run? He ran different some way because he recognized him by his running. You can recognize him by the running too. He said, he runs like a hemahaz. He, and he, you know what even David said? He's a good man and he must bring good tidings. You know, this, this is how the world looks at it. Let's get us a football player. And that's right. This is how the world thinks. Let's get us a football player and get him to say something, and everybody's going to listen. He's got something good to say. Just saying that about makes me mad. Let me share this. I heard years ago there was a church in another country. I won't mention the country and the guy's name, but he claimed to have preached the gospel. He claimed to have preached the, the sovereign grace of God in salvation. He claimed to do that and seemed to be pretty clear till one day they're going to have them a meeting. And they decide to invite them some pro soccer players and other people to come speak at their meeting so they can get them a crowd. I guarantee they got them a crowd. They're all running around. But let me tell you this, God never sent them. God doesn't honor that mess. He will never honor it because it doesn't honor his son. You see what I'm saying? I want to make that clear this morning. As clear as a bell. Our message, our music, our methods, everything has one concern, and that's to honor him. I remember right after the first time I met Henry Mahan, first time Henry come hear me preach, we were singing out of another songbook. And he said, Mike, you need to sing songs that go along with the message you're preaching. And he, they actually sent us some of them songbooks. That's what I'm saying. Yemahaz is running. Yeah, he's running. He's excited. But he doesn't have anything to sing. This Ahimahaz must have been a popular man. Everybody knew it. In religion, you know what it is? I've been there, people. I'm telling you my first ten. I'm a witness because I've been there. It's a popularity contest. That's exactly right. Well, let's see the biggest preacher that we can get. Now, we get us a big preacher, we'll get us a crowd. You better have God. Isn't that it? Himothes, after Cushai's already left, and Himothes says, Let me run, let me run, come on, let me run. He said, Well, run then. And it said he ran by the way of the plain. Now, what I can understand reading from Gill and Pink and everybody I can find, Cushai, he ran the shortest distance, but it was, I mean, the longest distance, and it was the hardest distance. 
it was over the mountains. Himahaz takes the easy road, which is the fast road. Don't that make sense? He'd run by the way of the plains. It says, blessed is him who comes his feet upon skipping across the mountains. That's the difficulties. And Ahimehaz came with a lie. What's the first thing he said? All is well. Peace, peace. Where there is no peace. God has a wonderful plan for your life. Isn't that what they say? A faithful witness, Proverbs 14, 5, listen to this. A faithful witness will not lie. If it's in court and they're going to call a witness to a wreck or whatever it is, they're going to call somebody that's a witness. And they swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. If you don't, they perjure themselves. And they're a liar. A true witness, a faithful witness, will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. And you know what it says in Romans chapter 1? Who changed the truth of God into a lie. They stand with this same Bible and they tell you something that's a lie. Isn't that it? They say they believe in Jesus. That's why I said they'll come, talking about that simplicity of Christ, the singleness of Christ, he said they'll come preach another Jesus by another gospel, by another spirit. And they speak a lie. Either Jesus Christ gave his life to redeem a people and he's going to have all for whom he redeemed, or he didn't. If he didn't, he's a failure. And to say anything different is a lie. When Himahaz came to the king, he said, all is well. And David was only concerned about his son Absalom. Nothing else matters. He said, when I saw a great tumult, I knew not what it was. The liar? Did he know Absalom was dead? Of course he did. Everybody in the army knew Absalom was dead. And when he stands and says, I don't know anything about it. You know what he's saying? This is how some men do. And let me tell you something else. If a man believes the gospel, he'll preach it. He don't care who it makes mad. And you can imagine, he's saying that. I better not tell David this. He ain't going to like it. I've heard men say, well, I, preach the, I believe the gospel. I just don't preach it because if I preached it, I, they'd run me off. Well, let them run you off then. If I preached that in my church, they'd split the church. Well, let it split the church. This is what he's saying. He said, I believe, I just, I, I know he's dead. I'm just not going to talk about it. If a man believes the gospel, Paul said, I believe, therefore I speak. And what did David say? You turn over and you stand right here. But what about Okushai? Joab said to Cushai, Go tell the king what thou hast seen. Most believe Cushai was the one who came up on Absalom when he's hanging there in the tree. 
Most believe he's the one that went back and told Joab, said, Joab, I saw Absalom hanging there on the tree. And he said, why didn't you kill him? He said, I would have given you so much money. He said, you can't pay me enough money. I heard what the king told you. I ain't laying my hand on him. But what I want you to see, this man saw something. He saw it. And he may have been, he could have been, I don't know, he could have been with the ten when, when they killed Absalom. I don't know, but he witnessed it. He probably witnessed them throwing him in the pit. He witnessed it. He saw it. And, jo and Joab said to Cushai, Go tell the king what thou hast seen. And Cushai bowed himself unto Joab, bowed himself as a servant, and he ran. This man's been sent. He's been sent. Let me read to you what it says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the words of life. For the life was manifest, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifest unto us. That which we have seen and heard, Declare we unto you. Did you hear that? That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship was with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. What we've seen and heard. To be an apostle, you had to have literally seen the Lord Jesus Christ in his risen body. That's right. Paul, you say, how was he an apostle? He's an apostle born out of due season. God met him on the Damascus Road and opened his eyes and he saw somebody. That's what it is. That's not seeing something. It's seeing somebody. Paul said, I know whom I have believed. It's not a what. It's not just believing a doctrine. It's believing a person. Why is it, it said his name is Cushai. His name comes from Cush. You ever heard that name before? In Genesis 10 verse 8, And Cush begat Nimrod. And he began to be a mighty man upon the earth. Cush was probably an Ethiopian, which makes him a, probably a black man. Which makes sense. He's, he's, just a, he's just a servant. Probably a despised nobody. He's just Cushai. But he's the one that sinned. Who does God send? The nobodies. Oh, he's just Cushai. Joab said, oh, Cushai, you go. You're expendable. That's probably the way you looked at him. Nobody didn't recognize him when he was running. He always come in second place to the things of this world. He was just a servant. And all God's preachers are just servants. You know, I'm your preacher, and I'm glad to be. But you know what I am? I'm your servant. That's right. I am your 
servant. Matthew 22, 3, And he sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding. It's required of a steward, a servant, that he be found faithful. He bowed to Joab and was willing to go tell what he had seen. And when he was bidden to run, you know what he did? I'm going to run. What did Paul say? Didn't he describe his life as a race that was run? When he's getting ready to die, he said, I've, I've fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've run the race. I guarantee you this. I wouldn't have wanted to gotten that man's way. I guarantee you if, I, you would, if you'd have stopped him on the way, you know what he said, I ain't got time. It reminds me of the, the servant, the servant that, that Abraham sent down to get Rebekah, the bride. Remember Genesis chapter 24? And he said they wanted to hinder Rebekah and not, not let her go. And he said, don't you hinder me. They said, here, sit down and eat. He said, I'm not going to sit down and eat till I tell my errand. I've got something to tell. That's a message. I've got something to tell. I've been sent to him. And all God's preachers, all God's servants are sent to find his sheep. And to tell them about him. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And we have this treasure. Oh, what a treasure. In these earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God. And it's not of us. You said, how did you hear the message? Well, here's how you'll always hear it. By a black slave called Cushai. Isn't that it? You remember the little girl that just happened to be in Elisha's house? And she's captured and taken into the Assyrians. And Naaman just happens to be a leper. And she says, there's a prophet in Israel. And he can tell you how you can be cleansed. And he goes up on his doorstep. And he thinks that, oh, you know, Elisha's going to come out and make a big show over him. And just, oh, just be so glad he's come. He don't even go out to him. He's probably living in just a little modest house. He said, you go dip, tell him to dip in the Jordan River seven times. And it made him so mad he couldn't stand it. That's what I'm saying. That's God's prophet. That's God's preacher's. Cushai was sent with a message. As I mentioned, that, that, that I mentioned there in Romans 10, it is Isaiah 52, 7. And here's the actual scripture, what it says. He said, you know, as it is written, he said, how beautiful upon the mountains. Most believe that's how Cushai ran. That's the rough way. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publishes peace, that brings good tidings of good, that publishes salvation, that says unto Zion, that says to the church, Thy God reigneth. 
upon the mountains. This may denote the pains they took, the current they made, and the difficulties they had to overcome to bring you the message. I guarantee you physically, Cushaw was probably wore out by the time he got there. I'd say. Why? Because the way's pretty rough. God put Paul on a shipwreck. You remember? And he used all that to take the gospel to other places. Hawker said, I thought this was good. Think how beautiful were the feet of Jesus. When he came over the mountains of our sin in our nature and published peace in his blood. Think how the feet of Jesus appeared on Mount Calvary after they were nailed for us and our salvation. That's what I'm talking about. It's how beautiful are his feet. You know, when I thought about something else, what did our Lord do to his disciples? Remember, he put on the towel and he took water and he sat down. What did he do? He washed their feet. How beautiful are his feet. Here's the point. If God sends you a preacher, he says, we beseech you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. If you're ever, if you're ever going to hear from God, let me tell you this, it's going to be through a preacher. It's going to be through God's messenger. And it is... Where you can understand it and we can grasp it. It's God coming to you by his spirit through a messenger. And the ones he chooses are just like Cushai. But that's the ones he always uses. Cushai knew what was of interest to the king. He said to David, tidings, king. The word tidings means to announce. It means a message. It means to preach. It means to publish. It means to show forth. It means to bring. It's like a burden. He's bringing it. It's like Paul said, I travailed in birth till Christ was formed in you. Ladies, you've had children. You know what it is to travail. There's pain. Bearing forth. She brought forth her child, springing it forth. You know what he's doing? He's having to bring it, isn't it? I can see David asking every detail. What about Absalom? Well, I came on him and he was hanging there in an oak tree. Helpless. And I went and told Joab. Well, what did Joab do? Joab threw three darts in him. And well, then what did they do? They killed him. What else did they do to him? This is my son. Now you think about this. They threw him in a pit and covered him in a bunch of stones. That's my message. Did you see this? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it firsthand. Let me tell you about him. The fairest of 10,000. All together lovely. You saw that? Yeah. 
He's full of grace and truth. Forgives every sin. You've seen that? You've experienced Oh, yeah. That makes the difference. You're his messengers. Everybody that's saved is a messenger. Isn't that right? God doesn't call everybody to preach. We know that. But everybody's a messenger. What, remember what he told about the Gadarene man? He wanted to go with him. He said, you go home and you tell them what great things God's done for you. If God's done, some, if God's done something for you, you can tell somebody else. If God, if, God's done, if God saved you by his grace, you can tell somebody else how to be saved. He said, you just sit and listen. You need to come hear the gospel. Maybe God will speak to you. Maybe he'll show you mercy. Just him. He was concerned for the glory of the king. He hadn't word about the death of his son. He had a message from his heart. And he was there to tell what he had seen and heard. You know, sometimes it's, I'll be honest, it's, it's hard to know exactly what you're supposed to preach. And I don't think that ever gets any easier. But when you feel like God's put something on your heart, you're almost like you're going to die till you deliver it. Jer- Jeremiah, he wanted to quit. You imagine everybody saying, you're just a false prophet, Jeremiah. You don't know nothing. You keep talking about Nebuchadnezzar coming in here and destroying this. And he ain't going to destroy it. Oh, yeah, he did. And he said, you know, nobody don't listen. Nobody don't care. I'll just quit preaching. I'll just quit. Ain't nobody listen. Nobody don't care. He said, I couldn't quit. He said, it was like a fire burning in my bones. If you're here, you can't quit either. He could share with David how he had witnessed Absalom's death. Children, this is what our great God is concerned about. The death of his son. This is the message of every God-called, God-sent preacher. Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the message. I entitled the lesson this morning, News About the Sun. Amen.